We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And always, 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 always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Ten minutes away from hearing who are the four best teams in the NFL, according to Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. And the two in the outside looking in, you know it better. It's the Freddie Harry NFL Selection Committee. And you can win who you believe are the four best teams in the NFL at Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Before I bring in Harry, I got to bring in Devin Kane, who is the ultimate, ultimate Brock Purdy hater. Not just in this building, not just on this show, but maybe just maybe in the entire United States. Because right now, the MVP case has really centered on two guys. Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and Purdy. Brock Purdy, the San Francisco 49ers. Devin, what are your thoughts on the fact that Brock Purdy is this high at plus 175, and only Dak Prescott's ahead of him in terms of odds to win the MVP at plus 160? Well, I agree with Dak being higher than him for sure. When you look at the teams, Dak, <laughs> Dak has a lot of weapons. What, do you, you guys disagree? No, we just knew that that's where you were going to go. <laughs> I mean, when you look at, when you look at the weapons that, that Dak has, he has some good weapons but not as many as Brock Purdy. So when we talk about the the ward mo- most valuable, because of that, Dak is more valuable to the Cowboys than Brock Purdy is to the 49ers. I rest Ooh. my case. Even standing back going, hmm. No, he, he brings up a, a great point. And don't get me wrong. Uh, and y'all know how much I love Brock Purdy at the quarterback position. And I think he's done some amazing things. And when you look at Dak Prescott's numbers and you look at Brock Purdy's numbers, mm-hmm. it's like they're right there neck and neck with each other across the board. But I, I do believe when you think about most valuable player, yeah. you look at what Dak Prescott means to the Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, I feel like that is more right now than what Brock Purdy means to the San Francisco 49ers because okay. – you have so many weapons around him. And that's not his fault. Exactly. But it, And I know we can't copy and paste, and I hate saying stuff like this, Freddie. You know how much I do. But can you just imagine Dak Prescott if he had what Brock Purdy had? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that weakens my football team. Dak Prescott, so no, I don't want to do that. Here's why I'll make the case for Brock Purdy, not to be a contrarian. But I look at a guy that many people still had questions about. There were no questions about Dak Prescott's ability. It was a question of what can he do to put it together with Mike McCarthy calling plays instead of a guy that he said, you know what, we like you, Kellen Moore, but I don't like you like you because I don't think you're getting the best out of our quarterback. And so they moved on from Kellen Moore, and as it turned out, Mike McCarthy was right because I have not seen any Dallas Cowboys quarterback in all the years I've been watching the Cowboys from Roger Staubach through Danny White to Troy Aikman, to Tony Romo. I have not seen the quarterback play to that kind of level that I've seen Dak Prescott play ever since they lost to the San Francisco 49ers. And by the way, no Dallas Cowboys quarterback has ever won the MVP. Mm. In the history of the organization, only one guy's won the MVP, and that was Emmitt Smith in 1993. 
you would have, 1992, excuse me, you would have thought at a certain point that more than enough Cowboys would have won it with their storied history, Harry, only one guy, and he was not a quarterback when it came to Emmitt Smith, the running back in the 90s for the Cowboys. But I look at a Brock Purdy and I said, boy, it seems like he keeps getting better and better and better. In terms of game stuff, you take away one thing, he'll find somebody else. He's able to make those tough throws. Conflict around him when you get around his feet, you get around his face. He doesn't flinch. He can make plays with his leg and get out legs and get out of the pocket, whether he has to run to get out of the pocket for first downs or buy time getting outside the pocket. They have guys get cleared down the football field against those defenses. That's why I'll make that case for Brock Purdy. I know it's not so much about him not looking apart. That's not new news here when you're the Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft last year. But he continues to get exponentially better, and he's made that offense a very feared offense. Nobody would have been able to see that coming no matter what kind of weaponry is around that 49ers offense and what kind of weaponry is around the quarterback when it comes to Brock Purdy. Now, I will say this, and and I'm going to look at both guys' last eight games. And you look at a guy like Dak Prescott, over 2,400 yards, 23 touchdowns, two interceptions. Mm -hmm. Now, within the last eight games for Brock Purdy, you do have that three-game stretch where things weren't good. And you had those turnovers, seven interceptions, in those last eight games. So yeah. you I, that part I can't ignore when it comes to the MVP mm-hmm. because of how many games it was. And I understand I he it. was he was without weapons or whatnot, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that, that three-game losing streak is still there. It's amazing that these two have separated themselves from the Lamar Jacksons of the world when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, the Josh Allens of the world, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, the Jalen Hurts of the world. When it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, even Tyreek Hill, who if I had a vote, the Miami Dolphins wide receiver, that would be my MVP because you t- my and I know everybody, everybody's criteria is different when it comes to MVP. My criteria is always going to be, and you mentioned it, what would that team look like without that guy? And I know the Cowboys would not be where they are without Dak Prescott. I know the 49ers would not be where they are without Doc Purdy. But if you get reasonable quarterback play with the kind of personnel they have around, they would still be good enough maybe to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card because of the talent on both sides of the football in Dallas and San Francisco. And, we, and, we, and we've seen that, right? Hey, no question. Cooper Rush we, came in, was more than a capable backup. And then we've seen the San Francisco 49ers team go to the playoffs, go to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, exactly. Who is not, in my opinion, the quarterback that Brock Purdy is No, Brock, Brock Purdy's better than him. He's shown yep. that in less than a year's time when you think about it. He's made more plays in that offense than Jimmy Garoppolo ever made in terms of impact plays of the San Francisco 49ers. But you take Tyreek Hill away from Miami, mm, mm, mm. based on last night, he would look lost. Completely, completely look lost. Chris Meister hit us on Twitter, HDouglas83, and at Coleman ESPN saying, how can Brock Purdy be MVP when he has two other candidates on his team? Debo and CMC, meaning Christian McCaffrey, could be the MVP too. Dak is the MVP right now. Well, I'm not going to punish Brock Purdy because he has that, all that personnel because I know the narrative would sound like if he was not getting the ball to those playmakers you're talking about. Oh, why can't Brock Purdy got all those guys around you? Why can't you get the ball to them? Because the same thing was said about Dak Prescott last year with C.D. Lamb and all those guys, and also when he had when he had Ezekiel Elliott. That same conversation was with Dak Prescott saying, well, you got all those playmakers. Why aren't you playing better? Why don't your stats look better? So we want to play mix and match. 
we can do that because I heard that conversation, Harry, regarding Dak Prescott not too long ago with the Dallas Cowboys. And, Freddie, I have Dak Prescott as my one. I have Tyreek Hill as my two, and I have Brock Purdy as my three. Okay. But, but here's why you have to put Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation, though. And I, and I know he has Debo and, and CMC, but at the end of the day, the, when I look at a Kyle Shanahan offense, before Brock Purdy, the best quarterback in this offense was Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Mm. Brock Purdy ha- has been the best quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had in any one of his offenses. Okay. So you can't ignore that factor. Right. You can't ignore it. You also, it, it has to be okay. someone to start the key, and, and, and you get, someone has to be the engine. Mm-hmm. So Brock Purdy has to diversify yeah. the football and make it look right. Even though you have those guys, he right. does have to make it look right at the end of the day. You played in that offense. By the way, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. For those who don't know, what makes that offense what it is? You can have personnel, you yep. can have a quarterback, but why does it seem that it's so quarterback-friendly, no matter if it's Matt Ryan or Brock Purdy, but it wasn't quarterback-friendly enough for a Trey Lance who they traded and a Jimmy Garoppolo who was never able to have that fleshed out when it came to that offense in San Francisco? And it's crazy because Trey Lance is more athletic than everyone we just named. Absolutely. But at the same time, the run game is very imperative to this offensive system. And it has to be a quarterback that's behind there pulling the trigger okay. that can get the football out of his hands quickly. you got to be able to read things in a, in a fast manner. Not saying that Trey Lance couldn't, but he couldn't get the football out of his hands quick enough. And at times, he would hold it entire too long. And this offensive system, no. You, you use him play action, you make your play fakes, you drop back, ball got to be out of your hand. You, you see the what we call a five-step glance, a five-step post, okay. right? You got to hit it right now. You can't be holding the ball, waiting for things. And yeah. then when it comes to the quick game, mm-hmm. you have to get it out of your hands quickly as well. And remember, both of these offenses, Dallas and San Francisco, are essentially the same offense, the West Coast offense. So I, w- I would say there's so many teams in the league that, 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 that runs this Shanahan tree. When you look at the Titans, surprisingly, mm-hmm. you – so the Titans, the Atlanta Falcons, the Green Bay Packers, the Rams, mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. uh, Zach the, Taylor from, 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 from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, he came from that yeah. system. New York Jets. The Jets. There, there's a lot of people that run this offensive system, the Minnesota Vikings. True. So that's why you can, when a player gets released from one of these teams, a lot of these coaches, <laughs> all they do is just recycle and go through the same players <laughs> because they already know the system. That's, that's completely on point. Never even thought about that as far as that goes. We want to hear from you right now at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You know about the MVP race with Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. Those are the two leaders right now. But who's the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL? We believe it's Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins. If we both had an MVP vote right now, he would get some strong consideration from us because that Dolphins team is nowhere near successful without him. Dr. Pepper call in line awaits you right now. Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bob in Minnesota, who is the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL and why? It's Tyreek Hill, and that's the end. It's Tyreek <laughs> Hill, and you can add any quarterback in that too. If a guy score, gets 2,000 yards, which is something that has never been done before, how do you not give him the MVP? That's How fair. do you do that? Yeah. And by the way, Bertie told me, Bob, that you got a cure for Harry's motion sickness if he goes to Alaska or when he goes to Alaska. Oh, absolutely I do. What, what city did you say you're going to, Harry? Sitka, Alaska. Sitka, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, it, it, the, the cure is cocaine. 
Oh. Oh. Okay. Let, let, let's, not, let's not get illegal here. Yeah. <laughs> let's not do that. I guess I'll be throwing up again. <laughs> oh, man. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. <laughs> let's just move on to John in Baltimore. Hey, hey, we know what he does on his free time. Uh, yes, he does. Whoa, Black Betty. Ramble, lamble. Well, anyway, John in Baltimore, who is the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL and why, my friend? Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm, I'm not arguing that, that I think he would get the votes, but Roquan Smith in Baltimore has made such a difference to this defense. You know, I, I think he's not only showing the numbers himself, but I think he's made the entire defense better around him. And we've won a lot of games this year with the defense keeping us in games. Well, I will say this. I, I, I like Roquan Smith. He's tied for third, third in tackles right now in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. I, I like him – and the other linebacker, Patrick Queen, oh, being paired up with one another. Yeah, to me, I love Fred Warren and Dre Greenlaw in San Francisco. My vote would go to those two guys being the best set of linebackers in the NFL, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. But you're talking about two guys that can run sideline to sideline, both get downhill, can cover in space as well, and they both played phenomenal for the Ravens this season. Yeah, he's been impactful, but he plays the wrong position when it comes to Roquan Smith. When we talk about defensive player of the year, he's probably not going to get any consideration And he really, really should. We know that award is going to be what kind of numbers you put up. If you have a high number of interceptions or if you get a high number of sacks. Not trying to minimize that. If you're a pass rusher or a shutdown corner in the National Football League. But Roquan Smith, if he's not middle of that defense, and I go to the trade they made last year when he was disgruntled the Chicago Bears and Baltimore, him, you're going to trade him? Oh, we'll take him. We'll trade anybody for him, not name Lamar Jackson. And he made that defense exponentially better the minute that he stepped into the middle of that, not just from a production standpoint, but even a leadership standpoint. They know exactly who to rally around, and that guy's Roquan Smith, the linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. DJ in New Mexico, who is the most essential non-quarterback in the National Football League and why? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I want to say I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. He's been a big part on this win streak Denver's going on. Well, they lost to the Texans because they didn't throw him the ball up in the air that that last play. (laughs) But you throw him the ball in the red zone, he's coming down with it, maybe even with one hand. He has to be up there with the... Yeah, I love Cortland Sutton, uh, Sutton's game. And on third down, that's who Russell Wilson's looking for. Mm-hmm. Ten touchdowns this season. Um, 
I don't think there's anybody in the National Football League this year in 2023 okay. that make contested catches like Cortland Sutton. And it's the ones that's in the end zone. Most of his touchdown catches, and I advise everyone to go look at the, all the plays that he has he caught touchdowns on. Most of those are contested. And he's just making the tough acrobatic catches. And Russell Wilson has given him an opportunity. He understands that, hey, if I just put it up anywhere near him, he's going to come down with it. Yeah, just go back to Sunday. Russell Wilson throws a P down the field, 55 yards away. And Cortland Sutton was getting grabbed by the left hand and stuck his right arm out and caught it with the right hand and kept two feet in bounds when that guy was all over him like a blanket. That was probably Jerry Judy's position, wasn't that? Mm-hmm. In Denver being the number one guy, and now Cortland Sutton has kind of reduced that whole thing to he's a non-conversation. Try, he's still trying to figure it out. Well, they'll figure it out for him. It's called trading the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Sean Payton, and he has power of that organization when it comes to the Denver Broncos. If you don't figure it out, he's got the perfect solution to figure that out. You go elsewhere. And I, and I think moving forward as well, like when you draft a Marvin Mims, who I think has the upside to really do some you know, special things in Denver, then you say to yourself, if you're Sean Payton, hey, I drafted Marvin Mims. Yeah. I didn't draft Jerry Judy. That's true. I'm not beholden to him. And no one's going to fight him in that organization when he has that power yep. at church and state. We want to know from you. Continue to hit us up at Triple H, say ESPN. 888-729-3776. You're on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Who is the most essential non-quarterback in the National Football League? We both believe it's Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins. All the evidence we need, last night when he was on the field, they were dynamite at the Miami Dolphins. When he got injured with that ankle and knee injury, they were nowhere near dynamic with that offense. Robert in Ohio, who is the most essential non-quarterback in the NFL and why? I would say Miles Garrett. I mean, with the Browns' offenses, four quarterbacks. I mean, go back to that Titans game. I never seen two tight ends follow a defensive end. It reminds me of Harry trying to get away from those two sisters or whatever talking on the airplane. <laughs> you try to get away from them, kept following them around. <laughs> hey, Robert, man. Man, Robert, you ain't said nothing with a word, boss. But but he but he's right, man, talking about the Tennessee Titans. I was going to say, which ones you right about, the Titans or you? Well, both. <laughs> both. <laughs> But Miles Garrett is going from left to right on the football field, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And all you see is the two tight ends for the Tennessee Titans fo- uh, following him yeah. to the point to where they got to delay a game penalty because they wouldn't get set. That's how you yeah. know you're a bad boy. Yeah, he, he doesn't take a playoff. Most guys no, just man. wait for that big sack or that big moment. Every play is a big moment to him. He plays like someone's trying to take away his contract when it comes to Miles Garrett. He's strong in the running game. He allows guys to have plays made for them. And when you need somebody impactful, there are times they've triple teamed him. And he's like, mm, move him out the way and yep. get to the quarterback or stop a running game. Man, the man playing basketball. on the, He out there going between his legs funny. and crossing up offensive linemen to go sack the quarterback. Yeah, that's funny. When, when have we seen that, Freddie? Put it this way. If we ever have like a charity game involving like ESPN radio and Miles Garrett on the other side, I'm going to make sure we hire him for that day. Because yep. there's no way. Mm-mm, I want no part of that as far as that goes. Mm, not at all. Shannon Penn, what, our producer, what do you have? I did have a question for you guys in regards to the San Francisco 49ers and the non-quarterbacks uh, and central players that they have. Because uh-huh. like, we've gotten a lot of calls today of Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. you know, Trent Williams, right. uh, George Kittle. Yep. Nick Bosa. Nick Bo- how would you Fred rank the, give me, give me a, uh, How would you rank those guys as far as their, their importance to the 49ers, Freddie? If you had to go say one to four or one to five. To me, Debo's one. Debo Samuel's one. Fred Warner is two. Trent Williams is three. 
and Nick Bosa is for it. And I'm not trying to minimize Nick Bosa, but sometimes you need guys that say, I don't give a bleep about you guys on the other side. Follow me. They follow Debo Samuel. They follow Fred Warner because Fred Warner was able to get DK Metcalf so upset on Sunday when he made the interception and then he allowed and DK Metcalf hit him in the back like it was a WWE move. And Fred Warner's like, what? What do I do? And meanwhile, DK Metcalf is steaming on the sidelines for the Seattle Seahawks. That's the kind of importance that he brings to the defense, the same with a Debo Samuel does that in the offense for the 49ers. I'll say for me, my top four, I will go with CMC one because of how dynamic he is in the passing game and okay. the mismatches that he poses to okay. linebackers and safeties. I keep forgetting about him, by the way. That's on me. I put Debo at two. I put Trent Williams at three. And then I put Fred Warner at four. Okay. There's no wrong answer. That's how loaded that team is. <laughs> That's how loaded they are. And, I, and I, I was up in the air between Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. But I think the, so. the way Fred Warner's playing this year, I think he's playing better than Nick Bosa this year. Well, well, Fred Warner was an elite guy last year. I think he's even more elite this year, which I didn't think was possible for a guy that never leaves the field. I mean, they haven't had linebackers like this when they had Patrick Willis and also had Navarro Bowman. Oh, I know. I played against I know. Okay, which two guys are better? Is it Warner and Greenlaw now or Bowman and, and, and Willis when you played against those guys back then? I'm gonna go Bowman and Willis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go those two guys. Because when Bowman before he ripped up his knee, I know. <laughs> Brother, please. <Yep. laughs> I was saying prayers. And they for had you Amar guys. Brooks too. They had Amar Brooks. Amar Brooks. They had Amar Brooks. Yes. Um. God, they had the big boy on the defensive line. I can't remember his name. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was like their, he was like their version of Brian Young. So they had Dante Whitner, Dante Whitner at, at safety. safety. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Gibson at safety mm-hmm. as well. They yep. had Carlos Rogers in the slot. Oh, my God, yeah. They were loaded they, back they then. They had a squad, man. man. They were loaded back then, no doubt about it. By the way, what, what's, what's, the, what's the guy that, God, that no. went off the deep end, man, they drafted? I can't oh, remember. Oh, that was on the defensive end because they, he yes. was in the Cowboys camp as well. Um, I can't remember. Smith. Man. Yes. Alden Smith. Alden Smith, yeah. He had, Alden, and they had Justin Smith, too, on the defensive yeah. line. Alden Smith, for people who don't know, was as talented as you wanted to see as a pass rusher. Yes, he Just was. Just could never, ever keep it together. He could never keep it together. But when he was on the field and he was right, he, he was wrong for the offenses. No doubt about that. By the way, it's always cool that Fred Warren, he's a friend of the program. We're going to try to get him on sooner than sooner for the 49ers. Get into the playoffs and be the kind of bloodthirsty pirates that we've seen all year long from that team except for that three-game losing streak. But where are the 49ers at when it comes to the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee Week 2? And how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL? We'll give you our four and the two on the outside looking in. You can give us your four. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. How would you rank the four best teams in the NFL? Our rankings and your rankings are next on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 in your smart speaker by playing AESPN Radio. Don't forget insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. If you need protection on the road and on the water, you better see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. We do it each and every Tuesday. We got a lot of attention last week. We got a lot of attention this week. The top four teams, according to us, in the National Football League, we call the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee. You can win with your top four teams at Triple H, say ESPN, now 888-729-3776. We have our two dudes, meaning Shannon Penn and Devin Kane. They try to keep us right. We laugh out loud, then we have our rankings anyway. So here's our top four, according to Freddie and Harry and the NFL Selection Committee. We got the 49ers, number one. Got the Cowboys, number two. Ravens, number three. Eagles, number four. Chiefs, number five. Browns, number six, and the outside looking in. I'll ask this question of Shannon and Devin, and I'll have Harry away in because I just like chaos. Which selection of ours did you guys have the most problem with? <laughs> I mean, it's the Browns for me. It is the Browns? It's the, Brown, oh, it's the Browns for me, dog. It's the Browns. It's the Browns for me, dog. Like, I, I get Joe Flacco doing the thing. He taking it back to before TVs were in HD. I get that. <laughs> but <laughs> wow. it's the Browns for me. Take, putting the Browns on this list over the Dolphins. Agreed. But, 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 but here's the thing I think y'all – we got to look at their total body of work. Like, when, when we – we talk about the San Francisco 49ers are the number one team, correct? Correct. The Baltimore Ravens on our list are the number three team, correct? Mm, correct. They beat both of them. They beaten both of them. So how 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 do y'all have a problem with the Browns being on this list? On top of beating the Jaguars, mm-hmm. who's potentially going to win the AFC South. They beat them with a different quarterback, right? They beat what are you talking about? <laughs> Flacco? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> PJ Walker was the quarterback of the Browns beat the San Francisco. It, exactly. Yeah. So that might be worse, Dan. <laughs> so what point are you making? It's a different league. Oh, oh, back to the different league tact again. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's saving Devin right now, the different league tact. The league doesn't change. It's week to week. It's the NFL. The NFL always changes. It's always fluid. Each and every week. Whether you're awful one week, you could be great the next week. Ask anybody how they feel. Ask a Jets fan right now. After having Tim Boyle as your quarterback for two straight weeks, and you never want to see Zach Wilson play again. And then he goes out there and he scored 30 points in the second half. Sometimes the Jets can score 30 points in a month. It's the NFL. It's a fluid situation. It's week by week on a week by week basis. And that's been the beauty of that league for more than a minute in the National Football League. It's time to hear from you at 888-729-3776. That was a good back and forth, you and Devin. <laughs> we'll go all day. What? Uh, Dale said that was a different quarterback. Yeah, he's worse than the one they have now. <laughs> Listen, you got involved with this league, Harry. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, no, what no, a no mentality. Yeah, finally, a better answer. You got to evolve in this league and stay, instead of saying it's a different league. You so don't have finally. to get ready if you stay ready, Freddie. Oh, here we go. Stay cliche, ready, All-Star. Cliche heaven. How would you rank the best four teams <laughs> in the National Football League at 888-729-3776? Our top four, 49ers one, Cowboys two, Ravens three, 
Eagles four, Chiefs five, Browns six, Chiefs and Browns on the outside looking in. Devontae in Atlanta, how would you rank the four best teams in the NFL, my friend? Uh, if, I, if I can, real quick, Harry, I'm a little disappointed because you didn't say anything about Jesse Bates being their MVP oh. the, for the uh, non-quarterbacks. Okay. Well, the the reason why I didn't mention them is because to be considered for the MVP, you have to be doing a little better, <laughs> like team-wise. <laughs> so that's the only reason why I didn't. Like we're not, I got you. I we're got not going to choose an MVP from a 6 and 17. So that's I the mean, only reason. But look, because I, I love I mean, Jesse. He wouldn't even be that's 6 my and dude. 7 without him. <laughs> no, and, and I think he should be a Pro Bowl starter. I'm with, with you on that yeah. one. I think he's top five in interceptions. He's uh, forcing forced fumbles left and right, and he's leading the Atlanta Falcons in, in, in tackles. That was the greatest acquisition this offseason. Him and B. John Robinson, him mm-hmm. on the free agent side, and B. John Robinson on the drafting side for the Atlanta Falcons. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Jesse Bates being here for a long time, man. No doubt about that. Definitely, definitely. But uh, my my top four is uh, 49ers. Okay. I got Baltimore because I feel like when Lamar, when it's his time in the playoffs, I feel like he's going to shine this year because uh, he has a full squad now, defense and offense. Then I got Cowboys, and then I'm going to end it with the Eagles because I feel like they just waiting for the playoffs. They just had a long two – well, a long three weeks. I think they're just waiting for the playoffs. Well, hopefully for your sake, Devontae, that's the case because I guarantee you there are plenty of people in Philadelphia are hoping that you are right. But if they're waiting for the playoffs to try to get right, man, that's a dangerous path to take. I don't care if you made the championship game and you were that close to winning the Super Bowl last year. If you're waiting for the playoffs, you might be able to do that in the NBA. You might be able to do that in the major leagues, in baseball. That's impossible to do well, that. They, well, they got, that a chance. they got a chance to go ahead and get right. They got two games versus the Giants. I'm surprised it took you that long. To come out with that, I'm, I'm really surprised. I thought for sure the minute that Devin was giving you the business about a fluid NFL, and we're back to Tommy DeVito once again. <laughs> By the way, aren't your Giants only one game, Devin, behind his Falcons, six and seven to five and eight? Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, hmm. just want to make sure I understand. Too bad that. they don't have a chance to win the division. Well, that's yeah, true. That's, that's, I mean, that's not new news. Yeah, the toughest division in football. You're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Devin just told you pasta fazool to that whole discussion. <laughs> we'd have, we'd have a chance if we were in the NFC South, I'll tell you that oh much. Oh, my God. In, in NFC South, so you may be bordering on running away with the division. Man, we'd drag y'all like we drug the Jets. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Not the Falcons? You're, speaking of week to week and fluid to fluid, that's your team, the Atlanta Falcons. That's your quarterback possession by possession. Oh, you got Freddie mad the, now. The, the no, Falcons beat the Jets. Falcons beat the Jets. That's not a stretch. Who? Yes. Exactly. J-E-T-S just in the season until they did that to the Houston Texans. Mark, Man, what? <laughs> I know. Mark in <laughs> Kentucky. How would you rank the four best teams in the NFL, my brother? Uh, well, listen, I got Philly number one for oh, sure. Lord, Mark. Why for sure? Well, Philly's all year long showed that it's the best team, and uh, we had a tough stretch there where uh, we <laughs> played the gauntlet, and uh, – Looks like right now we're pressing a little bit, but the little things that we've lost and the fumbles and stuff, easy cleanups. We got a few games to get right before we go into the playoffs, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to be able to take us in the link. 
I'm gonna say this, I, Mark. I love your accent. Mark said that we is, got a few games to get right. Yeah. I like that, Mark. That is the most Southern Eagles fan I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Mark, we appreciate your call. We but do appreciate that. No you doubt. are definitely not right about the Eagles showing that they're the best team the entire year because the last two weeks they definitely haven't showed that. Last two weeks they showed that they were not the best team in the National Football League. The one thing that bothers me about the last two weeks of the Eagles is one thing: it's no shame to lose to San Francisco and Dallas. It's how you lose. It's how they lost and how mentally tough they weren't against the 49ers and against the Cowboys because A.J. Brown's barking back and forth with Stephon Gilmore, the offensive line looking out of sorts. He's right about you have a chance to get right with that schedule. But if you're the Eagles, you can't use that as your fail save and say, okay, we got these four games. We know these teams are not as tough as the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. It's got to be about what you're going to do and not who you're playing the final four games of the season in Philadelphia? Well, because those teams that you're playing, they're not going to be in the playoffs. Those are not the type of opponents that you're going to be facing on a quest to get back to the Super Bowl and potentially win it in 2023-24. slash So you, you can't bank on that. Yes, you can use it as, as toolage to fine-tune things that you need to mm-hmm. you know get right and some of the mistakes that you've made the last two weeks. Sure. But to just bank on that to say, hey, you know what? We're on this four-game winning streak. But still, it, it, when you play against the big boys, you got to be able to look different than what you looked like the last two weeks. Josh in San Diego, thanks for calling us. And Freddie and Harry on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Josh, our top four teams, part of the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee, are the 49ers, Cowboys, Ravens, and Eagles 1 through 4. How would you rank the four best teams in the NFL, Josh? Thanks, guys. First of all, I'm kind of a little caught off guard with the Eagles number one on that last <laughs> one. Uh, but, uh, so it's Niners and Ravens, obviously, right? They dominate. Um, the Cowboys is tough, though, because correct me if I'm wrong, Cowboys have only beaten one winning team, right? Mm-hmm. No, yes, they've beaten yeah. two. The Eagles? They're, they're beaten two. The Eagles in Seattle. Well, who? Well, well, I guess they made Seattle a 500 team, right? Yes, they did. But here's, here's the kicker, right? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Dark Horse is one of the teams that nobody wants to touch right now. Is the Broncos. Are they not like 6-1 and one in the last seven games? Yes, the they are. Top, I think they have the, one of the best records right now in the league, the last seven or eight games. So I would say this, and the reason why we can't put the Broncos in the top four is because they do have six, six losses. Like you can't you can't ignore that. But I will tell you this. They've beaten Green Bay, mm-hmm. the Chiefs, mm-hmm. the Bills, mm-hmm. the Vikings, mm-hmm. the Browns mm-hmm. in consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. So I would, I'll be honest, if this team only had, I would say if they had five losses, they would be in consideration. But that's, that's six losses. Yeah. When you have teams that only have three and four losses in the National Football League right mm-hmm. now, it's hard to do that. Yeah, I can see them running the table. I know they're at Detroit, but the way that the Lions have been playing, and defense have gotten after their quarterback, and Jared Goff has reverted to the Jared Goff we saw at times towards the end of his career when it comes to Los Angeles Rams. Then he got the Patriots. That's a win. Chargers, that's a win. At the Raiders, that's a win. I know we shouldn't just put it out there because anything can happen in the NFL, but I could see that team running the table and finishing 11-6. and six. And they're only one game behind Kansas City Ooh, for first place in the AFC West. Freddie, don't you do that. I'm not trying to Ooh. do it. Hey, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not trying, I'm not hating. I'm just stating. Well, let me do it. Well, let me do it. Go ahead, Mr. Hater. Let the Chiefs mess around and lose one more game. Mm -hmm. And the the Denver Broncos went out. Boy, can you imagine the talks that we're going to have about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton and 
all the things that transpired this summer and the collapse of the Kansas City Chiefs and what they allowed to happen, man, it's going to be something crazy. It should be something crazy because the Chiefs have nobody to blame but themselves. 100%. Because guys were not able to step up and meet their standard that had been established being a team that's gone to five straight AFC Championship games, three Super Bowl appearances, and won two of those Super Bowls. So, yeah, that'll be on the Kansas City Chiefs more even more so than the Denver Broncos being an ascending team right now in the AFC West. One last one from Porter in New Mexico. Hey, Porter, who's in your best four teams in the NFL? How would you rank them? What's up, gentlemen? What's up, man? Can I play devil's advocate real quick? Sure. So we're saying if Tyreek Hill breaks a record, he should automatically be in consideration. How about DeRon Bland, who has already broken a record? Okay. Well, I'll you like also got to look at how Deron Bland got torched and how Deron Bland is not following the number one receiver around. I think you got to look at those things. Like, if you're going to consider a corner, when Stephon Gilmore won it, you've seen Stephon Gilmore following the number one receiver on each team and wasn't backing down from that. Yeah, DK so, Metcalf one week and then A.J. Brown the next week. So when they play against the Philadelphia Eagles, you can't have Stephon Gilmore who's on A.J. Brown and De'Ron Bland not. A.J. Brown's the number one, right? And we can't get out of our mind what D.K. Metcalf did. <laughs> that, that's true, and we can't. It was bound to happen when it comes to Ron Bland, but I'm going to give him a lot of credit. He didn't hang his head. He worked at it. He pretty much kept Devontae Smith under wraps when he was playing in a man-to-man coverage. So whatever happened versus D.K. Metcalf, let's be honest, D.K. Metcalf's going to do that to a lot of guys. No, as 100%. But what, what I'm saying is, like, if I'm going to consider a corner mm-hmm. for the MVP. He's got to be a number every, one guy. Every time we're playing a top receiver, you better be on him and you better be shutting him down. Yeah. Well, Stephon Gilmore did that. He was defensive player of the year for the New England yep. Patriots when he was shutting down everybody on an opposite number. Don't forget, each and every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, we do the Freddie and Harry NFL Selection Committee where we rank the top four teams in the NFL. And then we have the teams on the outside looking in. We do that each and every Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time right here on Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. And other news featuring referees who decided they did not like each other this much that they decided to have a fight in the middle of a basketball game. I'm not making this up. That strange story next. By the way, it didn't happen in Florida, but that's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us in the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio each and every night around this time. We always make sure that if you missed out on anything, we make sure you're caught up. It could be in sports. It could be outside of sports, but it's always called. They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. From the more I know, the less I understand files, I give you the state of Colorado. Three referees, not one, not two, but three referees at a Colorado youth basketball game, not only threw punches at each other, but they tackled each other in the middle of a court surrounded by people like, oh, my God, what the heck are they doing? Excuse me. This whole thing broke out during the fourth quarter of a fourth grade boys game. Fourth grade. What? Fourth grade boys game between Cherry Creek and and Legend Blue on Saturday morning. Two of the refs were able to walk towards each other, and they used the word aggressively, not my word, but theirs. One of them took a swing before a third ran over and tackled one of the other two to the ground, all within a few feet of all the young players who were horrified looking at this. 
Harry, I sent you the video, and even even you said, "Oh Lord, what is going on here?" <laughs> like originally, when you when you said it to me, Freddie, I'm thinking, okay, a ref made a bad call. Someone in the stands mm-hmm. didn't like it. It was a little it was a little altercation. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching the video, and I'm like, why are these three referees yep. fighting each other? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did one call a charge? The other one called a block. They got upset about it. I have no idea. That that's the context. I want to know what led up to that because that seemed. Beyond basketball, that seemed personal. But it's embarrassing, though, because you have people coming out of the stands yep. trying to break them up, and then when they separate them, they go square back up again, mm-hmm. and another person comes out of the stands and, and actually breaks them up. It's it's embarrassing, man. Yeah, the one chunky one wanted some of that. He, no, was like, he did. He, he squared up by three really or four did. times. Absolutely. He, he, they may have stopped the fight, but he wanted that fight to continue. <laughs> and thank God there was a fourth ref who was not involved. He tried to get in there and say, okay, what, what in the bleep are you got? What are we doing mm-hmm. here? As far as that goes, he gets them separated. And then the chunky ones, I ain't finished yet. I want some more. <laughs> I want some more. I want some more. I'm thinking, dude, do you not realize where you are as referees? Like they literally, if they wanted to fight that bad, mm-hmm. bro, it ain't nothing like finish the game. And then you two guys go outside in the back in the little grass and do what you got to do. If y'all feel that, like, come on, man, there's kids exactly. all across that gymnasium. Exactly. There's all kind of things that could have transpired. But I guess, I mean, somebody must have slept with somebody lady or what, something. What if one ref took took the, the game check from the other ref? You know what I mean? What if there was some money money stolen? I like Harry's, oh, explana- oh, I like Harry's oh, explanation business, better. Huh? Yeah, I like Harry's explanation Yo, better. Somebody must have slept with somebody lady, man. <laughs> I'm the way they gl- kept squaring up. I'm just glad nobody was on their cell phone. <laughs> yeah, because so Devin Kane would have had right. at it. That would have been the prelim. You better team me up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, what if that ref would have squared up with you though? Uh, he was a little bigger than me, so he probably would have. I, I, I was smart enough not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, what Business I was saying, decision. what I was saying was, I just didn't want you on your phone uh-huh. so you could make the call. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> think and, Dad's yeah. voice would have changed that real quick? Oh, it, oh yes, it would. Well, yeah. actually, Mister Official, I mean, what, what I really wanted was, like, I like your shoes. Could you please uh, get off your phone? Dad, please, I'm trying sir. to help you here. You're not helping yourself. That's here. okay, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, <laughs> the more about golly, story, Ralph. The more our story is: make business decisions based on the person that may be bigger than you. Amber <laughs> and Ian come your way next. This has been Freddie and Harry on the Mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. As always, make the right business decision. Golly. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.